the Die Hard Minute, where every day, Monday through Friday, Movies by Minute hosts talk about one minute of the greatest Christmas movie ever made, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed movie, Die Hard. I'm Curtis Blaze of the Better Off Dead Minute and the Clue Minute Podcast. And I'm Jason Hummel of the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast and Mondo Confidential. Today we're talking about Minute 2, which starts with the secret to surviving air travel and ends with the title card Die Hard over a shot of baggage claim at LAX. Seconds 0 through 29. It's all about the fists with the toes. (laughs) Are we sure that he flew into LAX? Pretty sure. Oh yeah, he totally did. Looking at the map, you can see see the background of where they were towing that thing. Yep. As this minute begins, McLean is finishing the question, what gives you that idea? To Robert Lesser asking him, you don't like flying, do you? Robert Lesser, of course, giving him the famous advice that everyone now uses, that the secret to air travel is when you get to where you're going, take off your shoes and socks, and walk around on the rug barefooted and make fists with your toes. And he should know, he's been doing it for nine years. It's better than a shower and a hot cup of coffee. (laughs) So have you noticed that when they landed, it was sunset, all of a sudden, it's noon outside of the jet window. Huh. One thing I love slash hate about doing movies by minutes is catching these little things. Yeah, we have quite a few eureka moments every once in a while where, yeah, yeah, you've seen that about like half a dozen times. You're kind of getting blasé with it, but then all of a sudden, ding, something clicks. You're like, I never saw that before. High noon at sunset. Doesn't take away from my love of it at all. <laughs> I want to talk about second 22. If you're playing along at home... Pause on second 22. Bruce Willis makes his trademark Bruce Willis face. Yes, a very uh, satisfied smirk. I didn't take the time to do the research, but I suspect this is about the 40th time he does this on film by the time it gets to this movie. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of smirking going on on Moonlighting. He was a smirk master. He was not an action star when this movie was made. Nope. I wasn't old enough to know. I mean, I was 17, so I was old enough to know, but it wasn't the kind of thing I paid attention to. I don't recall there being a lot of controversy about him being an action star. No, there really wasn't. It was pretty, actually, easy for him to make the leap from uh, kind of comedic roles to action. Of course, I mean, to be really a, a great action star, you have to have a sense of humor anyway. I agree with you to a point. Schwarzenegger, definitely. Stallone? Mm. I guess it was coming through a little bit in uh, Demolition Man. Yeah. Van Damme? Pretty dour guy. Yeah. Pretty serious. Chuck Norris? Not really funny. Of course, this all comes full circle by the time we get to The Expendables. Yes. Then we've got it down pat. Everyone is practically the same character at that point. And they're all basically Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Pretty much. So why can't they get the Die Hard movies right anymore? It's a conundrum. Have you seen five? No. You're so lucky. I saw it in the theater. I stopped after three, actually. <laughs> three? Maybe the the best one after Die Hard. Yeah. So you didn't see four? Nope. You didn't see five? Nope. So what's your what's your rating order for Die Hard movies of the three you saw? Actually, I, I guess I would go one, two, three. Moving on to second 29 through 56. Gun! Watching this now in 2017 is a trip. He just has a gun. Just a gun. Yep. Just hanging out casually out of his jacket. Robert Lester is kind of freaked out when he notices it. But then Bruce gets to come back with him on, uh, trust me, I've been doing this for 11 years. And this is where we learn that uh, McLean is a cop. 
you know, this whole movie is very efficient in setting up everybody's characters. It yeah. really, it really does it perfectly. It, it goes from beat to beat to beat. The entire first five minutes of this movie is nothing but just setting up the story very efficiently. Yeah. Perfectly. It lets us get into things without having to get bored. Yeah. Well, so, okay. Bruce Willis has been a cop for 11 years. Yes. Isn't it funny that he was so quick to notice the gun, but seems to have a blind spot for mummies? (laughs) Mummy not seeing bastage. Bastiche. (laughs) We establish that Bruce Willis has been a, rather McLean, has been a cop for 11 years. Yes. How do you think Bruce Willis is in this movie? Well, he was born in 55, so that means he was about 33 when he made it. So, if I'm doing the math right, that means he was about 22 when he became a cop? Yes. God, he was born in 55. He is almost 70 right now. Yeah, he's kind of getting into that sort of Eastwood vintage of tough guy now in, in his movies. He's got the squinty eyes. Yeah. Did he still have his real hair in 88? Actually, I believe so. Um, supposedly, his uh, the first toupee he ever wore was in uh, Death Becomes Her in 92. Which, yeah, not, so four years later. Yep. So his hair was probably still real in this movie. I believe so. I mean, it looked great. Yeah. I was just wondering, because he was kind of famously... He seemed to have kind of struggled with that for a while. Yep. Did you notice the hot flight attendant? Oh, yes. What's her name? Her name is Stella Hall. Are you looking that up? Nope, I remember it from the credits. <laughs> they just about kiss at second 51 there. Yeah, the uh, erotic tension is palpable between the two of them. She was the one that was flirting, talking about the bear that was bigger than her. In the theatrical version, they don't talk about the bear. No, they just... So they... I'm remembering that from an outtake. Yeah, yeah. In the theatrical version, they just exchange this very meaningful, flirty look. There's a deleted scene where uh, she basically says, why didn't you buy the bear a ticket? And Willa says, well, the bear's underage. <laughs> to which she replies, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so the the window is wide open in that version. She gets right his way deliberately. Oh, yeah. You can, like, you can, se- you can, you can see the pheromones in the air. <laughs> Just swirling about. John forgets he's married for a second, as would anyone in the face of Stella Hall. Oh, yeah. Hey, have we determined what actual day it is in this movie? Have we established that it is Christmas Eve? Not officially, I don't think, but at least not in this minute. Be a real (coughs) move on Nakatomi's part to make employees come out on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, that'd be a Dickensian move. Dickensian, nice. (laughs) So we're coming to the end of the minute. Seconds 56 through 60, the title card. And we've got jingle bells jingling. That's the first inkling that we're watching a Christmas movie. The great thing about the jingle bells, though, is that it turns into a suspenseful movie music sting. Yeah, right as the uh, title card comes up. Die Hard. Ta-da! Jason, where can people get a hold of you if they want to? Well, they can find me on Twitter at, uh, at JasonHummel9 and on Facebook under my name. How about you? Uh, basically the same thing. I don't Twitter. Curtis Blaze, C-U-R-T-I-S-B-L-O-E-S, at Facebook. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow Die Hard Minute on Twitter, at Die Hard Minute, at Die Hard with a podcast listener's limo on Facebook, and at DieHardMinute.com. 
If you'd like to catch up on other Movies by Minutes podcasts, visit moviesbyminute.com for more information. Join us tomorrow for Minute 2 when we hear a crowd say, Yay! Until then, I'm Jason Hummel. And I'm Curtis Blaze. Merry Christmas from Nakatomi Plaza. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.